With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. My name is David Fournier, lead instructor here at the Center uh, for Hebraic Insight. Thank you for joining me. You're live on Archive. And, hey, as we're getting started, could you just do me a favor? Just pray for me right now. Uh, first uh, lesson back in a while, being off, things happen. And what a year, uh, unbelievable uh, year last year was. And here we are trying to find our way through it. And uh, let's get 2021 off with a great start. Tonight, I want to talk to you about understanding balancing, developing our spiritual consciousness. Um, we have certain ways that we see things, that we do things, that we, we believe in certain things in our lives for good, for bad, for the different challenges that we face. And as we look at the lives of the biblical characters in the Bible, these things were recorded to show us the path of their consciousness. How did they get things done? How did they see it? And today we're going to talk about one of the most monumental events in the Old Testament documents, when Joseph, Yosef, reveals himself to his brothers and how that brings deliverance. There's a lot of talk in churches and in places these days and spiritual gatherings about having deliverance meetings and bringing on deliverance and doing the different things that make deliverance happen. We're going to look at our story today, and we're going to see there's about four or five points of things that equal deliverance, that lead towards deliverance. And they're probably not the things you think they are. They're really not about spectacular and flashy and calling down powers from heaven. But they talk about consciousness, about the way we see something. Today, in our study, we'll see Joseph's uh, consciousness, how he saw things. We'll see uh, Yehuda, um, how he sees things. Judah, how he sees things. And we'll talk about that. Stories in the Bible... And by the way, book of Genesis, when you think about it, 50 chapters in Genesis starts with the creation of the world. We have a flood. We have the Tower of Babel. We have Moses. Uh, or, or sorry, we have, we have Noah. We have Abraham. We have all these things happening. And here now, we're heading into the 70 people that, the, that are with Jacob, Yaakov, that are coming into Egypt to be in Egypt. And then Exodus chapter 1 starts off with that chilling verse where it says, and there arose a Pharaoh who knew not the God of Joseph, and the whole story that probably people are more aware of or more acquainted with, the story of the Exodus. But before that, we find ourselves studying Joseph. Many of you know his story. Now, while the stories of the Bible contain history, 
it houses so much more. And the revealing of Joseph is a major part of the story of the Jewish people. This leads to Jacob coming to live in Egypt. The family line is protected during the famine. And I cannot think or imagine a more significant moment in the story of the Jewish people than this. Now, standing in the crucible of this moment are two men, Joseph. We know his story. His brothers didn't like him. His dad kind of spoiled him, had played him as a favorite. They were trying to find a way to kill him. They were going to, they threw him into a pit and they were going to leave him there to die. And then some slave traders came and slave traders, we might have in Potiphar's house, we lined up with the wife accusing him of, of sexually assaulting her. And then he goes to jail, and then the people that see him there, and then the pharaohs having dreams. You're all caught up. Judah, Yehuda, is one of the brothers who's there when they put Joseph in the pit. He's part of the team that slaughters the animal and covers uh, Joseph's coat in blood and goes back and tells Jacob, you're told the story of how he was destroyed, uh, you know, killed by a wild animal. But in this crucible moment stand these two men, Joseph and Judah, Yehuda, and it comes down to them. And each one of them, each one of them have a part to play in our growth, to see how they failed and how they succeeded. Now, for the past couple of chapters, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 44, chapter 45, and then a quick take to Genesis chapter 50. There's been a cat and mouse game going on between Joseph and his brothers. And it's kind of pinnacled at this point now where They've hidden a goblet, a piece of fine dinnerware, drinking container, and they find it in one of the bags, Benjamin's bag, and now they're facing off about this. Now, rightfully so. I mean, Joseph is very cautious approaching them. I mean, the last time he saw these guys, he's staring up out of a ditch looking up at them. And so he's put him through this kind of series of testing and, and feeling things out, maybe exercising a little bit of his power over them. And we'll find out about Joseph's motivations and, and that here just in, in a little bit. But it's going to take two different and very powerful consciousness to bring them together. Yehuda, Judah, he represents the consciousness of change. He's going to sense that something needs to change, something needs to happen, so he's going to step forward. He's going to step forward in our story. Joseph represents a consciousness of certainty. God is here. He is working. He has a plan. We'll see what he has to say about this. So they're at the point now where they discover this goblet in Benjamin's bag, and they don't know what to do. I mean, they've been caught. They don't know that Joseph and his team of, of folks have planted this there. They've been caught. And they understand that they are, you know, this, is the, this guy is the second in command under Pharaoh, this could be a huge problem. Now, Yehuda decides. He's watched this go on for a while, and he's decided to address Joseph because he sees no progress in the situation developing. As a matter of fact, he sees it getting worse, and something needs to change. And that part, by the way, folks, is a part of a spiritual consciousness, looking at our lives and saying, you know what? What you're doing is self-destructive. What you're doing is not working. What you're doing is harming other people. What you're doing is not working. It's time for a change. Somebody at some point in our story here is Judah. 
Somebody has to face that and say, okay, this has to change. It can't stay going like it's going. It's got to change. Somebody has to say, I no longer want this. Somebody has to step up. So Yehuda is going to step up. He steps forward, and he accepts the responsibility. He even goes as far to say, now at this point, Joseph is saying, well, we found this goblet in this guy's bag. He's going to become basically a slave and work for us forever. And Yehuda steps forward and says, no, no, hang on a second. I'm the one who's guarding over them. Now I want to read to you what it says in Genesis chapter 44, verse number 16. So Judah said, what can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? And how can we justify ourselves? And listen, this is very powerful. God has found out the iniquity of your servants. And behold, we are my Lord's slaves, both we and the one in whose possession the cup was found. And he states, that we're guilty. He says, we're guilty. He goes on to say, we're all going to stay and pay the price. And he's looking out for Benjamin at this point. He hasn't quite told Joseph why, but he's looking out for Benjamin at this point. And this sparks an interest in Joseph. And Joseph looks like he's about ready to start another round of the cat and mouse game. But something changes. Something changes. Because in verse 17, Joseph says, far be it from me to do this. The man in whose possession the cup has been found, he shall be slave. The rest of you go up in peace to your father. <coughs> so Joseph's made his ruling here. He says, look, here's how this plays out. I'm not going to hold all you guys responsible. That's not right. The guy who I found it in, this younger one, this Benjamin, he'll stay here. He'll be my slave. The rest of you go in peace. I'm dismissing you. You're gone. You, you're free now. At this moment, Judah and the other brothers can leave Egypt, not be slaves, not be in forced labor, not, not have to answer to, well, they don't know it's Joseph, but not have to answer to Joseph and go back to their father. But in verse number 20, Judah goes on a rather long discourse. And he says that if the younger brother, and by the way, the significance of this younger brother is this younger brother is Joseph's sibling from the same mother. She had two, Joseph and Benjamin. He said, if the younger brother falls in harm's way, Jacob, the father, he will die from this. He will die from it. Judah is standing in a crucible place for Benjamin and his father, Jacob, and he's not moving. He's already been dismissed by Joseph. Nope, only the one we found it. He's staying. He's my slave. The rest of you, go in peace. He didn't say leave. Go in peace. Be with your father. But Judah says no. And we can't do this. And he goes, like I said, if you have time to go to the book of Genesis, you need to read it. He goes and he says, look, we, we can't do this because it will kill my father. We're all staying. Jacob, Joseph is, going, is deeply moved by this. We'll see that in just a couple of Verses down. Because the significance here, and this is so important, pay attention to this, folks. The significance here is that Judah is standing in a place for Benjamin where Judah stood and stood in that place, should have stood in that place for Joseph. It should have been Judah has said, no, we're not throwing him in a pit. No, we're not slaughtering an animal and covering his coat and blood and telling our father he's dead. No, we're not selling him to slave traders in the care. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're all in this together. 
Here, here, Yehuda, he takes the correct path. And he stands in a tough place, choosing a life of slavery. It's almost like we can hear his voice. Remember what he said back here in verse number 16. God has sent out the iniquity of our servants. Yeah. He wasn't talking about this goblet that mysteriously appears in Benjamin's backpack. He's talking about years and years ago when they did this horrible thing to Joseph. And they carried this iniquity around with them. You see, we can change. We can teshuva, repent. We can make a difference. By standing in a tough place and being willing to take the hit that comes at us. Joseph is hearing all this in chapter 45, verse number 1 through 3. Then, because in verse verse 34 of the previous chapter, Yehuda just basically says, look, I'm not going to go to my father and my my brother's not going to be with me because I don't want to see the evil that overtake my father. Then Joseph, chapter 45, could not control himself before all that stood by him, and he cried, Everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph, very important here, we'll get to this, Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers, they couldn't answer him because they were just made, they were terrified. By his presence. This breaks Joseph to see that Yehuda has truly repented and that his heart is broken. Now, the brothers, upon hearing this and seeing what's happening and realizing who this is, they're terrified. Now, step back just a minute because something very interesting transpired here. The rabbis of the Talmud tell us they take notice with verse number one where it says Joseph shows himself to his brothers. Then in verse number three, he tells him his name. Well, what was he showing him? Why did they not recognize him? What was it that they were, he was showing them? This is so powerful. Joseph would have been covered, completely garbed in Egyptian garb, powdered skin, his jewelry, a hairpiece scented with rich oils and herbs. But Joseph would have been circumcised. There's only one way to prove that. The idea, by the way, that people have taught that Joseph is here secretly revealing himself to his brothers makes no sense in the backdrop of the story because in just a little bit later, he's going to tell everyone who these people are. He's going to go to Pharaoh and ask permission to go see, get his father here. So that's not what's happening. He had everybody leave the room not because he was going to admit that these were his brothers, but because he was going to show them the sign, the one thing about him they would recognize. The one thing they would see. So, folks, what's our takeaways from this? What's the takeaways from this? First of all, the two different consciousness, the two different consciousnesses that are operating here. Joseph and Yehuda play into the story, and they are both needed. We can be so critical about people who seem like they're really slow about getting things done and at the same time not realize that we need people who slow down and take a look at at things. We also need people who step into a situation and say, this is going nowhere. We need to improve it. We need to move forward. But we also need people like Joseph who have certainty in God. We're going to study that here in just a moment. 
a certainty God that no matter what's happening, that God is there, he's in control, and that he has a plan. Now, we said we were going to talk about deliverance. We're giving that part. Now, we need to consider, by the way, you can't just always be Judah, and you can't just always be Joseph. We have to be a mix of the different kinds of consciences it takes to spiritually succeed. We need to consider developing our spiritual consciousness, our mindsets, to develop them to fit the challenges and the situations that we face. First of all, we see that Yehuda starts by owning the situation. He removes the ability of blame and shame. He takes charge. He says, I am in charge of him. And we're not going back there without him. We'll all stay here. They all admit the guilt. They all are willing to go through it together. By the way, I got to say, 2020, I am so sick of hearing people say, we're in this together. We're in, no, we're not. No, we're not. Being in it together would be all of us standing up and saying, we're all going to take the same kind of cut and pay. We're all going to take the same kind of, of uh, stress on. We're all going to eat uh, beans and ramen until we finally get, the, get this thing together. We're all going to do that together. Then we're in it together. But to listen to a group of people who – oh, it's a side note. I'm sorry. I'm getting back to it. Now, in jo- when we look at Joseph, now, Yehuda has said – I'm going to go, he says, I'm going to go talk to him. Yehuda shows himself to, to Joseph. At the same time, though, Joseph tells his brothers in chapter 45, verse 5, verse 7, verse 8, that God sent him ahead to prepare the way for them. How many of you would have your brothers throw you in a pit, pull you back out, sell you to slave traders, watch you off in the sunset, Murder an animal, cover your coat in blood, tell your dad that you got killed in the field, and you'd be like, no, nah, man, that was God. That was God all the way. That's certainty. That is Joseph showing what real certainty is. Now, people say, I have faith in God. We want to watch these two words, faith and certainty. To me, faith is your faith practice. It's the things you believe about your faith, uh, your, your spiritual practice, the things you believe about God. Certainty is knowing knowing that God is going to answer, knowing that God is going to carry the day. Joseph claims that God sent him to this place. This guy has been a slave. He's been traded. He's been in Potiphar's house. He's been in the prisons. Prison. Yes, he's in prison for something he didn't do, but he's still in prison. He says, uh, I'm fact, oh, I closed it already. He says, and listen carefully about those folks that are listening because you want to hear about deliverance. He says, Joseph says that his suffering has led to their deliverance. You see, when we talk about suffering, we want it to be a service, an event, call down the powers of God. Are you willing to suffer to see somebody be delivered? Are you willing to do the hard work it takes to help hold somebody accountable, to love them when they're not lovely, to go through the hard times with them, to, to say, I've been really injured by this person, I've really hurt by this person, I've been really disappointed by this person, but at the same time, I still see the intrinsic value of their soul, of what God has given them, I believe in them, and I'm willing to go through this so that I can see them delivered. Yehuda's willingness to accept blame, accept the fault, claim it, and show that his heart changed that leads to deliverance. So leaders, are you willing to go through the suffering of those people to help them 
with their deliverance. Those of you that need deliverance, I need deliverance. Are you willing to accept the fault, to claim it, and show that your heart has changed? Joseph sees the change in Yehuda, and he opens himself up to the idea that this is not the same person that threw him in the pit. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. But Joseph does it. He sees the change. And when we start verse 45, he just simply says, and he couldn't control himself any longer. To gain deliverance, to make your story a benefit to somebody else, starts with going through the sufferings with those people to bring them to a place of deliverance. It's about people having a changed heart and a changed mind and a willingness to accept the fault that leads to deliverance. It's about the congregation and the family and the church members around believing the person has changed. But lastly, and most, and most interesting to me, is that Joseph had to bear himself, take off his jewelry, his robes, scepter, all the things that made made him uniquely Egyptian as they're looking at this man with bleached skin, makeup. He had to bring himself completely vulnerable to be seen and recognized as Joseph, their brother, and then it secured Jacob or Israel's deliverance. Are you willing to go that far? Are you willing like Joseph, to remove all those titles of doctrines and reverends and apostles and most high reverends and bishops and deacons, oh my, and bear yourself out to just say, I'm just David. To be seen spiritually in that sense, naked. To be seen spiritually as circumcision in the flesh was to the Jews that circumcision of the heart that Paul talked about in the New Testament documents chapter 44 it's interesting to me that Jacob uh, Joseph asks if his father's alive because in chapter 44 Yehuda tells Joseph that losing another son will cause his death you have to be alive to die but in chapter 45 Joseph asks is my father alive he knew they had told him sometimes we just want to hear it. What makes the gospel the good news is the telling. It's the telling. It's, it's saying that over and over again, you're loved right where you are. You're accepted just as you are. You are created just as you were meant to be. This story is a story of forgiveness. It's a story of hope. It's a story of connection. It's a story of certainty, of determination. And these are the things that equal deliverance. Now fast forward the story. Jacob has come to Egypt. He even meets the Pharaoh. They settle in Goshen. They flourish. He dies. And he's buried in Machpelah, his home. Now, Joseph's brothers, they're very concerned now. Jacob is dead. Maybe this is what Joseph's been waiting for. 
he can exact his revenge now because dad's not here. So again, they ask forgiveness. And Joseph asked them this question. Am I in God's place? Wow. Wow. Am I in God's place? What you, chapter 50, by the way, if you want to read it, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. That's the consciousness of certainty. And we have to ask ourselves that question. Are we in God's place? Are we making the judgments? Are we making the decisions? Are we preaching the messages and talking the talk that puts us in a place of God and in a sense, in its own way, from the light of the Creator? Places burdens on their backs that they can't carry. Sets a goal that when the field goal posts are in the parking lot, no one's going to be able to do this. Am I in God's place? We say God is the ultimate judge, but we take judgment for him. We say that God will punish, but we take punishment from him. We say that, that God will do this and this, and we go and do those things. He says clearly, am. What a great story. Am I in God's place? Bless with you. Spiritual consciousness, we need to develop them so that they can be used for the situations that God has put us in, and this is this is just it needs to happen. But Joseph says that his sufferings, what he went through, led to the moment of deliverance. Yehuda's willingness to accept fault, to claim it, and to prove that his heart has changed led to the deliverance. Joseph sees the change in Yehuda, and he opens himself to the idea that he could that Yehuda could be changed. That God doesn't just work in his life, but he works in everyone's lives. And that brings deliverance. And then finally, Joseph has to bear himself to be seen and recognized by his brothers to bring on Israel's deliverance. You see, folks, when we're talking about lives, when we're talking about people, when we're talking about the cross, when we're talking about Jesus, when we're talking about tombs and resurrections, and we're talking about life and love and the pursuit of godly things, we're not talking about a game. <clears throat> we're not talking about something we do in passing. This isn't a hobby. We're talking about everything we are absorbed in doing the right thing and pursuing the right things. I would love to tell you that this lesson was anything more than a lesson for you, but it's not. It's a lesson for me. To envelope myself in the understanding and the concepts that deliverance comes through work, to spiritual work, to trembling and struggling, and through adapting my consciousness to the shape of the challenges and lie ahead. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at the Center for Her Break Insight. Thank you for listening to me live 
on archive, and I look forward to our next time, our next show together. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.